0: state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello automotive enthusiasts. Today I'm really excited to introduce a very special guest, Peter Bodensteiner. Peter, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. All right. It's great having you here. Peter Bodensteiner is the founder of Stance and Speed. It's a company that publishes and sells books for the automotive enthusiast. He's a 14-year veteran of automotive publishing and is an avid enthusiast, racing fan, and driver. Peter's edited and published over 200 books and calendars, 14 of which have earned the International Automotive Media Award and the International Motor Press Association's Ken W. Purdy Award. The publishing house is also the home of Stance and Speed, monograph series of books created in collaboration with Peter Harholt. Photographic Artists, which now number five volumes. Harholt has been a guest here on Cars yeah as well. So Peter, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your history, your business, your interest, and of course, your passion for automobiles?
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. I come at it a little bit different than a lot of car enthusiasts. I did not really grow up in a in an automotive enthusiast family. I came to it by myself, I guess. And I had some help with that from some neighbors and things like that. But basically, you know, it was an interest of mine. I think I got interested in cars around that time where a lot of people do. You know, a couple of years before getting the driver's license, sort of feeling that oncoming sense of freedom. Oh, yeah. Uh, or, or anticipation of freedom. And uh, just started to get interested, started to, you know, read car magazines and things like that. And so that's sort of basically how it started. But starting from square one, really, you know, I didn't have a cool car to work on in the garage or anything like that. So it, 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 I feel like I learned a lot of it a lot slower <laughs> than some people do. Sure. Um, so that sort of, uh, you know, was here and there, you know, the, the interesting cars, it would lay dormant for a while and then and then start up again. Uh, I ended up getting interested in journalism when I was in high school. I, I edited the school paper and was on the yearbook staff and all that sort of thing. Uh, went to journalism school for college, went to Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois. Oh, great. Uh, got out of that, and I had an interest actually in, in urban studies and politics while I was there. Uh, went off to D.C., worked in D.C. for a couple of years, um, worked on Capitol Hill, which was Interesting. Uh <laughs> I'll bet. you know, it's uh you know the the old saw about uh not wanting to see how the sausage is made uh, uh, is definitely true. <laughs> yes, yes. But you know, I I got disenchanted with that reasonably quickly. I think I um it was it was interesting. I'm glad I did it, but I pretty quickly realized that there wasn't really a career track there that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I had bumped into a couple other people who were into cars and got interested in that. Somebody had asked me for some car advice. She was thinking about buying a Jeep Wrangler or a Mazda Miata. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, oh, you should get the Miata. Those are fun. You know, I knew about the Miata. I remember going to the Mazda dealers when they were new, and I still have a original, the first brochures that they had that go in the little sleeve. Oh, yeah, very cool. Um, for those. So I advised her to do that, but I had never driven one. You know, I had sat in one at the dealership, and that was about it. And so she ended up buying the Miata, and one day, you know, not long after that, I said, well, hey, I'd like to go for a ride. Can I drive it? And drove it, and within uh, within a week, I had one of my own. <laughs> <laughs> they are so, fun little cars. Yeah, yeah. So needless to say, I, I, I got more and more interested in the in the car thing, and, and just sort of rekindled that, and it just, you know, it really took off a little bit, especially once I got the Miata. I really, you know, I got involved with the the Mazda Club there in d c and uh, things like that, and I said, "You know this is really what I'm interested in. How can I combine you know my writing and journalism skills with this?" And mm-hmm. of course, the natural thing is, oh we'll go work for a car magazine. Well, there aren't any car magazines in washington dC <laughs> so I ended up doing a couple other jobs, and then I eventually uh, got a job and moved back to moved to Minnesota to work at Motorbooks.
2: I um, okay. ended yeah. up
1: working working for them, and I stayed there about five years. Then I worked for a company also here in Minnesota called CarTech uh, and was there for a couple of years, and then uh, since then um, started Stance and Speed. You know, obviously I've met a lot of authors and photographers uh, along the way and um, working with a lot of those folks uh, for to create books for Stance and Speed. And I think we've published, um, I would say we're right at about 20 books. Oh, Right fantastic. now, over the, the four years that yeah. uh, that this company's been up and running.
0: Well, so. and it's kind of funny, too, because there's there's uh, three Peters here. Peter Harholt, who's been a guest on Cars Yeah! that you've worked with, and Peter Vincent, <laughs> who's been a guest here on Cars yeah. so now That's it's, right. Now, yeah. now it's Peter Bodensteiner. So, uh, yeah, a lot of Peters in the Cars Yeah! world that are...
1: Absolutely. first. Uh, the first edition of the Monograph series, actually, I ended up writing just because it was a little bit of a of a test case just to see what the book would be like and, and uh and if people would respond to it. I wrote it. Peter Harold photographed it and Peter Brock wrote the foreword. Oh, there's <laughs> so.
0: another Peter who's been on Car Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <Had> three, <laughs> three of us on the cover, which was interesting. Isn't
0: that funny? Well, interesting things. Well great story. I love the fact that you took up something you're passionate about and wrapped a vocation into it. That's what Karsia yeah is all about. So Love the story, and as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote, and this is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a really great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Peter, take the wheel. All
1: right. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to uh, pop your balloon or anything. I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge believer in, in quotes per se but I do I, I have found one of late that I that I like oh that I good I,
2: okay uh, you had me
1: worried I, I, there for a minute <laughs> no I sort of feel like quotes are you know I I'm not a big fan of like the quote at the beginning of the chapter kind of thing you mm-hmm. know being a book guy that's not something I'm a big fan of I all occasionally do it I also you know it was the old crutch of uh starting a Paper with a Webster's dictionary definition. it's just not <laughs> yeah, I, I always feel like it's a little bit of a cliche. but uh, the quote I found recently that I like is by a poet named Lucian Zell. I don't really know much about him, mm-hmm. but he's a recent poet, but this what he said, I like because it has a tinge of humor to it, which, if you know me, mm-hmm. um, I like to laugh. Um, yeah, <laughs> almost good. anything so very good. It's "I wander through the dark wilderness by the light of my burning map."
0: Well, that's really interesting. Now, that's a new one on me. So, okay, I've got to ask, what is it about that quote that you could wrap your life, business, passion around?
1: Well, you know, I like the dark humor of it, of course. But I I think what I like about it is it sort of says it's not rejecting the idea of plans or goals entirely, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's saying they're good, but you don't have to reject them. But be prepared to leave parts of them behind, basically. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, um, it'll set you in the right direction, but you have to, it's it's too easy to, I think, get that goal and get that bit between the teeth and just sort of charge ahead without stopping to think every once in a while. Okay. But, you know, I, in doing a little research on who Lucian Zell actually was, because I just came across this quote and I couldn't even tell you where I came across it. I found another quote of his, which I like. Oh, good. And I think applies to what we're talking about today, which is, your real work is not what gives you your food. It's what gives you your hunger. I really like that.
0: That's awesome. Well, see, for a guy that's not in a quote, you gave me two. So I'm pretty. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good today. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing those with us. I like both of those. They're very unique and new. I'll have to look, look up Lucian and learn a little bit more about him. I think I like him. Yeah. Would you share a story with me that really instigated your passion for cars? Was there a pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I mentioned uh, some neighbors of mine that, that uh, knew I was into cars and so shared with me their subscriptions to Road and & Track and Auto Week and Car and & Driver. You know, <laughs> I would, I, we would go over to their house, it was the, the Hollow Peters, that was their name. This is when I was living in Oklahoma City when I was a kid, mm-hmm. probably about 12 or 13 years old. So they would, you know, I look forward to going over to their house and coming back with an armful of magazines to just absorb. Yeah. Uh, but the other, the other funny thing was they had a car and you're going to laugh at this. It was a Dodge Lancer Turbo. Okay. Okay. This is yeah. A new car. Uh-huh. But this is back before they really figured out the whole how to eliminate or decrease turbo lag. Yep. right? Yeah. So you could jump on the throttle in this car and it would not do anything. And then all of a sudden it would, just take off like a bat out of hell at least that's what it felt like to me yep. at that time and so i went for a number of rides with them in this car and always thought, okay let's go let's go <laughs> and i somehow that that this sort of sensation of speed and performance i think planted a seed there that uh that grew
0: oh that makes sense to me i've got an 87 930 turbo porsche and so i know all about turbo
1: lag <laughs> yeah, force, force speed Yep. 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 Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Got to be real careful with that car going around corners, but uh, uh, it's great fun. Great fun. Point and shoot. Peter, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood, as I always say, and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced in your career. But the most important part of this question is how did you overcome it and what did you learn from it?
1: Well, uh, about seven years ago, I lost my job suddenly and it was, um, that was one item in sort of a series of life events that were difficult within a you know a two two or three year period there
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know it was a struggle i think you know when things like that happen you you doubt yourself um it's really easy to to get down on yourself i think the thing i learned about it was to to really you know have faith in myself you know trust in that you know, core of who you are, of your, your being, what you know mm-hmm. in your heart to be true about yourself and to not worry so much about what other people think about you or what they say about you. Uh, you can't control that anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that really personal story. It's so true. So true. I understand completely. And obviously you came through that. You're having some fun now. And and uh, maybe those closed doors opened other doors that would have never opened before. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's the great part of that. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. And I'd love for you to share a story when you had a real aha moment about your business or your career, and and that's the time when you realize, you know, what I think this idea is going to make it. This is pretty cool. <laughs> and, and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success.
1: I had trouble with this one to think of one particular turning point, but I, I guess I'll share one thought that I have okay. that I think I try to keep foremost in mind. You know, in the publishing business, I guess. And, and so it's sort of specific to that, but it, it may be helpful in other fields too. Sure. You know, when I was at Motorbooks, Motorbooks was having a, a good deal of success. And I think a lot of the success was sort of happening because of um, the growth of the, the big book retailers, Borders and Barnes & Noble specifically. And I think if anybody's been paying attention in the last uh seven or so years uh you've seen what's happened to that business yes, that's changed a lot, and I think what I saw from well the lesson i I got out of that was was sort of the idea that you have to be careful who you are working for and what you're if you're creating products, which is what we're doing with creating books and content. you have to be careful who you 're doing that for are you doing it for your readers and for the end users or are you doing it for your distribution channel
2: Mm -hmm.
1: if i were to say one sort of one lesson or one thing that's pretty important i think especially going forward with enthusiast publishing in a new era where i think we can contact people more directly and sell books to our customers and, and write books for our customers more directly it is that it's it's to write books for those people they are out there Mm-hmm. and they will support what you're doing and it's going to be much more rewarding than being able to say oh yeah i shipped x number of units to bnn or orders yeah. or, or or who be it, who's you know whoever yeah that person or that business is and i think like it's more sustainable too
0: yeah well i'll say I'm, i'll put my hand up and say i'm one of those people i love a library full of automotive books I have one. I continue to buy those kinds of books. I've had many guests here on Cars Yeah who create these things. We've talked about a few of them, Peter Vincent being one, and, of course, you. And um, I think it's great. It has changed in that perspective. And. Mm-hmm. I love what you're doing. that's what's so great, why so I wanted to have you on the show because the whole market has changed so dramatically on how the consumer buys things and how you interact with the, the consumer and, and you can be you can be niche and be successful now mm-hmm. and, and not have to uh, rely on these giant mass distributors, if you will, and then yeah. having to deal with their rules and regulations as well
1: absolutely and I think the other the other part of that too is that as an enthusiast. The great thing about doing what I get to do is that I can look at something and say is this something I would buy? Mm-hmm. And that's generally a pretty good <laughs> a pretty good guideline for what's what people are going to like. You know, if it's something that I would like to see in the world and that I would be interested in, I feel like I'm pretty confident that other people will be too. And that's just that's a little bit of a luxury of doing what I do, being involved in publishing books about a, you know, something I am passionate about. Doesn't always apply to everybody else in the world out there, but uh, but I think it's important.
0: Oh yeah, I had the same the same conversation with David Bull. David Bull was one of the very early guests here on Cars. Yeah, obviously a publisher of some wonderful books and things, and we were talking Absolutely. talking about the same thing of these these niche books, these specialty books, but how they they find a, a group of people that are passionate there, and uh, I think it's great. How about? Proudest moments? Is there one? I'm sure you've had many, but is there one in particular you can share with us that was a really proud moment for you in your business?
1: I think a, a proud moment was getting to do a uh, a Jay's Book Club segment with Jay Leno. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, what fun!
1: That was fun. I mean, it's 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 maybe not the most meaningful thing in the world, you know. Do you sell thousands of books off of that? No, which <laughs> uh-huh. is fine. But you know, just having the opportunity to to sit down with jay and jay is really a consummate car guy and i don't know if you've had a chance to have him on your show but, i'm
0: working on that uh,
1: <laughs> jay jay if you're listening please give me a call <laughs> i've sent you emails but he really he knows his stuff i mean he's not he's not a poser as far as oh the, no. as far yeah. cars go. he knows he knows his stuff um and getting a tour from him of his of his collection there and then getting to do the interview with him it's you know it's a little bit of an icing on the cake kind of thing um, oh, yeah. it's maybe not that important in the scheme of things but but was fun nonetheless and and really uh uh proud of that of being able to do that and having the opportunity
0: and he is such i've had the pleasure of meeting and talking with him very briefly a couple times at, at pebble beach and some other venues and what a nice person just a nice mm-hmm. person he is what you see <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> and yeah. you're right he knows his stuff wow Uh, The Big Dog Garage, I love it. And He's got a new TV (laughs) show he's working on right now, too, so can't wait wait to see that. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? doesn't have to be your first car, but a car that was really special to you, and maybe you could share a memory you had with that vehicle.
1: Sure. Well, I think I I mentioned uh, getting the Miata. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a '94 Miata, and I bought it from somebody locally in Washington D.C. Uh, it only had 14,000 miles on it at the time, uh, and so it was it was not a brand new car, but it was new to me. And I ended up with that car. I I really started to get involved in autocrossing. Oh, and fun track days, yeah. and that was something that really I just grabbed hold of right away. Uh, when when i joined the mazda club in uh in washington dc it had actually started as a rx7 club of all things and so it was actually called the mazda sports car club of of washington dc and we did things like scenic drives and uh things like that and they had a monthly meeting and you know all all sorts of different events but what really i got into was these performance driving events so they would do autocrosses or you would get to go to summit point and, and places like that and of course they had a lot of people who had RX7s too which were a lot faster than those of us in the Miatas but you know that was something that where i really got interested in car control and performance and learning a lot about that aspect of automotive enthusiasm um, you know i i started to you know follow racing more I, fo- I started to to pay more attention to it and understand that a lot more and i think understanding that you know, It feeds back, of course, into just general automotive enthusiasm. So much of it is tied into racing in some way, shape, or form. The special cars are often special because they have a performance pedigree or history um, to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, be careful because I started off with club autocrossing and then lapping with uh, BMW Club and Porsche Club, and that led to vintage racing. <laughs> oh, my gosh, and that led to a smaller bank account. So, oh yes, <laughs> But uh, no, it's fun to go out there and, and be able to drive at speed in a safe environment, somewhat safe environment rather, of course, than the street and right. uh, have some fun. So awesome. Well, Miatas are, are fun cars. They're just uh, great. I had a guest here on Cars, yeah, Jim Simpson, who's actually done a lot of work with Miatas where Mazda's actually sent him Miata's. He's taken the body off and rebodied them because totally. there's there's such a great platform to work with. So, mm-hmm. yeah, great story. Yeah,
1: it's, you know the Miata is really you know they they say the uh, the answer to any question is Miata. <laughs> <laughs> any question about cars is Miata. I'm sure you've heard that. Yeah. Before it it really is. It's just it's a simple car. It's not terribly complicated, but it just it handles so well. It's a great way to learn how to drive. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's just really nothing that's that's going to get you in a whole lot of trouble.
0: Uh, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you could have back? Maybe it's that Miata.
1: Yeah, well, in the in the uh, somewhat unsuccessful attempt to continue to go racing and make it cheap, I decided to get into karting. Oh, yes. And I actually uh, had a shifter cart for a short period of time, but I never got the chance to race it. So I regret that a little bit. But honestly, I had a, uh, and this is another sort of silly car, but I had a a 97 Eagle Talon. (laughs) Um, it uh, It was set up for autocross, and that's what I got it for. But as I started to look into the Bonneville rules, I realized that it could be a pretty good... Land speed car. Oh my gosh! But of course, when I when I got rid of it to get another car, I had to sell it to to buy the next one, and and so it was long gone. Uh, and of course, I've never had the funds to actually create a, a Bonneville car, but that was uh, an idea I had. They're they're really slippery, um, so that's a good thing. And they have the same uh, or an earlier version of the same engine that's in the uh, Mitsubishi Evolution, okay? Lancer Evolution, which you may know, you know, you can make a a lot of horsepower with those engines of course yeah so the combination of uh of that and also all-wheel drive which can help you with traction issues on the salt i thought well there's there's something there and i have yet to see too many people take those out for land speed record stuff Uh, i think there's been a couple but that's you know in the back of my mind that's always like oh i should find another one of those and see what i can do with it
0: (laughs) there you go how about current projects is there something you're working on at stance and speed perhaps that really is you excited and fired up right now
1: Sure. You know, I was just sort of planning out my next year, and, and the list is is as long as my arm. But I've got a couple things that I'm particularly excited about that I think are going to be are, are going to be impressive books. Um, one, which is just about heading into design right now. I've been working with. Rob Dickinson and Singer Vehicle Design. Oh. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. They uh,
0: yes, very <laughs> much so. In fact, Rob's another guy that I've been trying to get on the show. He is so busy, but the Singer is like a dream car for me.
1: Good, good. Well, it's a dream car for a lot of people, and for, for him, of course, too. That's really where it comes out of. Yes. Um, but we've put together a pretty good, I think, impressive Collection of photography and pieces by written by various people, you know and, and we're going to be putting out a, a nice coffee table style hardcover gift book on singer oh, and fantastic. And discussing all the cars they've yeah, hopefully going to have a a registry of all the cars in the back. Rob's written uh, with the help of Michael Harley, who's uh, a writer, longtime writer for uh for Autoblog and is working with AutoWeb currently. He wrote uh, in conjunction with Rob a, a great text that really goes back into the history of of uh, why he did why Rob did what he did and how he did it mm-hmm. and it's it's a pretty impressive story just from an entrepreneurial perspective. Um, oh yeah. But we've got photos from Peter Vincent, Drew Phillips has shot a lot of those cars, Holly Martin, Antonio Alvendia, I've got Robert Jeney shot at the their engine shot the engine shop. Sorry,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then we've got pieces by. Chad McQueen, Matt Stone, Jeff Zwart, Chris Harris, Jay Leno wrote a big piece in there. Nice. A few others uh, as well. Tiffany Dell, um, Richard Meaden, Tom Ford. So we've got a lot of really cool stuff in this book. I'm very excited about it. We're going to do a limited edition that is basically – the closest thing you can buy to a Singer Porsche without buying a Singer Porsche.
0: <laughs> well, let me know when that comes out because I I can't afford a Singer, but uh, maybe I can afford the book. So
1: we'll start saving. <laughs> I, okay,
0: okay, I will, I will.
1: The special edition is going to be a, a pricier item and limited edition, of course, as yeah, well. Yeah. And another book we're doing this time uh, with Peter Vincent again. You may have seen the the Bonneville book. That oh Peter yes, I have did. one. Yep. Oh, great. He's uh, been really involved with the Rolling Bones Hot Rod Shop out of New York. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you've seen their cars, they're really uh, unique hot rods. We're going to do a book on their cars uh, hopefully next year as well. Oh,
0: good. Well, we'll look forward to those. Make sure you let me know when they come out, and I'll help spread the word as well. Sounds fantastic. Now, here's a funny question for you. If Peter Bodensteiner was a car, what kind of car would he be? (laughs) <laughs> and and why?
1: Well, you know, Peter Vincent told me you were going to be asking this question. And yeah. I, I, said, I said, hmm. And he said, oh, I think I told him a Top Fuel Dragster or a Ferrari 250 DCS. <laughs> well, you have a high opinion of yourself. Yeah, there you so go. Yeah. I said, I would probably say I'm a little underpowered and overweight at this time in my (laughs) life yeah the sort of middle-aged thing and i and i hearken back to one of my early cars a volvo 240
0: (laughs) okay no it makes sense kind of a stalwart kind of just plugs along does the job nothing too fancy
1: right right i'm not going to set any speed records at this point (laughs) (laughs) but i'll running so well you answered
0: honestly i love that that's why i asked that question (laughs) Okay, Peter, we're entering what I call the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Okay. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Um, I, I don't know what the best I've ever received is. I had one good one, though, um, which is a racing thing, and I picked this up from Ross Bentley um, of Speed Secrets. I edited a number of his books. At Motorbooks, and um, Ross is just a really great guy. But one of the items that I picked up in his books, and you know they're worth reading and rereading if you're a racer for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the concept of a car in a corner being more stable when you're on the gas than when you're on the brakes.
0: Ah, uh, yes.
1: It took me a while to sort of get over the whole I- friction circle idea. It had me basically trying to combine my turning and braking a little bit too much. I was, I was always trying to trail brake into everything yep. and um, realizing that the car, you know, and, and basically decreasing that grip threshold mm-hmm. because you're trying to brake at the same, at the same time. So you end up going into corners too slow. My, so my, my correction for that was realizing, Oh, if the car is more stable when you're on the gas and not necessarily a lot on the gas, but just a little bit on the gas, you know, you're using those tires more equally. They can take more. You can corner faster and get on the gas earlier, which is always good for getting out of the corner, down the next straightaway faster and getting better lap times. Yeah. I, that was really a key for me. I, and I probably applied that most in actually karting, some indoor karting that I've done. Yeah. Um, that yeah. Was, was really helpful.
0: Oh, fantastic. And you'll be happy to know that uh, actually Ross is calling in this afternoon to be a guest here on Cars. Yeah.
1: Say hi to him. I definitely
0: will. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success?
1: I think for me, uh, it's keeping an open mind and trying to see things from the perspective of others. Ah, Perfect. I love it. That's something that I think more people in this world (laughs) need to do in general. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: How about resources? Is there one in particular that you really like? Maybe a website or a blog
1: that you get? Well, stance and speed, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about that one in a little bit, but maybe
0: something different
1: than that. Yeah, I actually have a good one. I've been, um, my current car is a Mercedes. I got a, um E55 AMG about oh, a year ago. nice. Which is a lot of fun and was honestly not that expensive. And people always say, well, the worst thing you can do is buy a used Mercedes cheap. <laughs> but I do do a lot of my own work. So and yeah, that's something there you I go. work. I found a really good information source for Mercedes, and it's probably for more aimed at a little bit older vehicle. Although they do talk about, there's he does a great series on buying a 10 to 15 year old Mercedes, but it's called MercedesSource.com. They're actually up in your neck of the woods, up in the Northwest. Kent Bergsma is the guy uh, who has he has a shop up there, and he puts up a video just about every day. And um, there's a lot of great stuff that's specific to Mercedes. Some of the more general things can really apply to almost any vehicle. If you're into Mercedes or just into working on cars at all, he has some really great advice.
0: How about uh, uh, books? I know you you publish a lot of books, but maybe something different than what you put out. A book, one book in particular that you could share with our listeners that you really enjoyed?
1: I'll give you two. Okay. Oh, my self-serving one, in my in my other Ooh, one, that's good. Uh, my self-serving one is uh, we just put out our fifth edition of the or volume of the uh, monograph series, Peter Harholt and I, and then this one is is special it's on dan gurney's eagle nice one car uh, the very car that won the belgian grand prix in 1967 which of course is a famous victory for dan gurney and for american motorsports in general mm-hmm. um and just a gorgeous car and yeah. we got to shoot that a while back down at the collier in uh in florida and just being in the presence of that car for a day and shooting it was was an honor but uh i'm really proud of how the book turned out so we just just got that in stock the other book is actually by a former business partner of mine by his publishing company octane press it's called beast Hmm. Uh, jade gers is the author on that and uh it is about the ilmore mercedes effort by penske racing in 94 to win the indy 500 with the the pushrod turbo um uh, engine um, that was sort of the surprise engine that they came out with, and then just dominated the Indy 500 with. But it's really, it really goes in depth into that story, and it's just a, it's probably you know one of the more enjoyable automotive books uh, I read this year. Easily oh,
0: fantastic, awesome, awesome. Christmas is coming. I just added two more things to my list here. <laughs> you can find links to all these resources at carsyeah slash Peter Bodensteiner. All right, Peter, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and it's something you can't sell to buy a whole bunch of other cars with, so (laughs) that little trick's off the table. But money's no object, and Christmas is coming, so I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like today. (laughs) What would that be, and why?
1: Well, as I mentioned, I'm on a little bit of a Mercedes kick right now. So I would have to say a Gullwing Mercedes Ah, beautiful. Thing, SL. And you really just can't go wrong with that. It's a classic. It's always going to be a classic. It's a gorgeous car just really can't go wrong with it. I can't say I've ever driven one or anything like that, um, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, it could be terrible to drive. I have no idea. <laughs> you know what? They
0: are they are awesome cars to drive. I've had the uh, pleasure and fortune to, to drive both a Roadster and a wing and they are amazing cars. For a car that's that age, they drive like a new car. They're just fantastic, and I got to crawl around both models and be in a photo shoot with them, and you've picked a really nice car. They are Really awesome. The challenge with the going is is heat issues. Yeah, for that I might pick a roadster, but still, the going <laughs> is just so beautiful. They're just that,
1: that thought crossed my mind. I tend to be more of a coupe guy than a, Me too. Than a roadster guy. Me but too. You cannot deny, and having a Miata, I think <laughs> you do. I had never had a convertible before that, and it's a different, it's a different thing experience driving a top down car. And in, in a city, I, I had it in Washington D.C., which is a lot more of a of a close coupled you know city where you're really close to other cars and pedestrians and things like that but having a top down sort of forces you to be to interact with your fellow motorists yes. and people which mm-hmm. most of the time i think people are just sort of in their little cocoon and they uh and they road rage at each other uh. <laughs>
0: yeah i think i think yeah you're a little more vulnerable but you, yeah. you behave a little differently and yes i had yes. a uh a convertible uh porsche carrera cabriolet and used it as a daily driver for many years and uh, loved the experiences except for the day I drove by a driving range and a golf mm. ball landed in the passenger seat of my car. <laughs> so that was a... Whoa. At
1: least it didn't hit you. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or the hood of the car. If it hit my head, that'll that'll fix itself. But I would have cried if it had hit the car. So
2: <laughs> well,
1: the Go wing,
0: what a great choice. That's uh, fantastic. Peter, you've taken us on a great ride today. And I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me, could you give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Mercedes going?
1: Absolutely. Something I I like to promote with my books and and foster I think is is people being interested in areas of the automotive hobby that maybe they haven't explored and treating them equally and with respect. Um, I think too often people get into their niche and think everything outside of it is crap. <laughs> I, I really think I would advise people to, again, keep that open mind. Explore another area of the automotive hobby that you haven't explored before. or Maybe there's a little piece of it that interests you. Uh, dive deeper into it. Yeah. Um, I think what you find is that people are not all that different in different channels of the hobby. And in fact, because they are car people they're bound to have a lot more in common with you than you think yes and i think that that's i think that makes our our hobby stronger uh helps uh, i think like i said really foster that respect among everybody and i just think that's a healthy thing
0: definitely and what's a great way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business
1: well the best way is to go to stance and com. it's s-t-a-n-c-e-a-n-d spelled out speed S P E E D dcom i um, also on facebook got a twitter feed which sometimes goes off on tangents into college football or other things <laughs> <laughs> which are some other interests of mine but it's yeah, there yeah but facebook i try to keep pretty straight and narrow but uh but we're there too
0: very good Definitely. And listeners, I'll remind you, you can find links to everything Peter has shared with us today at com slash Peter Bodensteiner. Thank you, Peter, again for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the CarsYad yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah.